Well, it's great to be with you today, Bayview. And before we get into God's word, I just wanna update us on a little bit of family business. As you know, we've been looking at a partnership with the Scott Mission to be able to help distribute food to people in need in this area of the GTA. And for our Christmas Eve offering, we were asking for the first $25,000 of our Christmas Eve offering to go towards this partnership. And what I wanna tell you today is that you blew us out of the water. Instead of 25,000, you were so generous. We had approximately $72,000 that came in. So give yourself a hand. And I want you to know that that's a big boost for us. That really helps us know that you're excited about this particular vision of reaching those who are dealing with food insecurity. So that generous donation at Christmas, it really helps set this partnership in place. And it really helps us as Bayview to be able to set in place financial stability as well. And so I I want you to know that in the next few weeks, we continue to work in developing this partnership. Uh, we're hoping to start distribute food in the middle of spring, maybe around Easter. We're working with the Scott Mission on their timeline to be able to do it. They'll be just helping to distribute food and providing some of the food. And we're helping to kind of connect and meet and minister the people that are here. Representatives from the Scott Mission will be with us in March as we kind of kick off this endeavor and talk with you more. So please pray about the logistics as we get our space ready, as we work with the city for permits and everything, and as we partner with the Scott Mission so that everyone everywhere in particular those with food insecurity, can experience the love of God and our creative purpose in Christ. Well, I have my wife, Chantel, with us today. We're gonna finish our series that we've called It's Complicated. We've looked at complicated friendships, uh, singleness, marriage, and today we wanna talk about complicated families and parenting. And, uh, Raising a family is complicated. We came home in the hospital with this little bundle of joy, and I think I am so unprepared. You, you study and you get a license to drive a car, you get permits for other things, and now they let you take a human being home from the hospital, and you have no idea what to, to do. And so we wanna talk about complicated families, and uh, special needs families are complicated, blended families are complicated, intergenerational families uh, are complicated, and. Uh, grandparents raising families are complicated, trying to balance our own emotional health as parents with raising kids is complicated. So I have with me to help my wife, Chantel. We've been married almost 29 years. We have three daughters, 2019 and 15. You have been a teacher, so you were more used to kids than I was. So in today's day, what do you think, honey, is really complicated about parenting? I think just our busyness is always a complicating factor. But um, I, certainly, I, I think we've seen in the last few years a real acceleration within our culture, um, moving away from godly values, moving away from the value of life, the value of family. And all of those things really make it difficult to raise children with, uh, with, a, with Christian values. Um, I think the ramifications of, of the pandemic response has also had an effect. There's a, you know, a greater sense of isolation, um, more behavioral issues um, in, in younger kids and, uh, and some depression, anxiety uh, in, in our families. So I think all of those things do add a whole other element 
But I do want to say that I think we have really good news. Like, as strange a time as it's been, it's also God has put us here specifically yeah, yeah. in this time. And so he's got a purpose for us. And, and he said, we can overcome yeah. all of those complications. Yeah, and we've got good news to share with people. Yeah. So um, if, if you're not a parent, stay tuned. We've got lots for everybody. Um, and we want people to know we're not experts in parents, parenting. We asked lots of questions. A lot of time when people like help us navigate through uh, this challenge. So we used a, a lot of resources. Um, and we don't want everybody to think, oh, if you do A, B, C, and D, your kids are going to turn out this way. God gives each of our kids a unique self-will. And, and so God's working with them. But I think what we want to really focus on today, which we have through all the, the series, is the importance, I think, of having a vision. What uncomplicates parenting is that we have kind of a combined vision for them. And this is what Proverbs says, Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint, but blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instruction. And uh, the classic translation is without a vision, people perish. Without a vision, singles perish, couples perish, families perish. Uh, Proverbs 19, 21, many are the plans in the mind of a person, but it's the purpose of God that they will stand, that, that what is God's plan? And so having a mission uh, for a family, I think is important. And we kind of intuitively know this. And actually, I think in our mind, we actually kind of have goals and dreams, but we often don't talk about them or strategize uh, for them. And the reason that not having a mission complicates things is because everybody has a mission for our family. Right, culture has a mission for our family. Education system has a mission for our family. Grandparents have a mission uh, for our family. Neighbors have a mission for our kids, what they want. And our kids have a mission. And uh, if we're not clear as parents on our mission, our kids' mission is kind of going to get in there and do that. So some families, couples, they write out a mission statement. Uh, we were never that together to be able to do that. But for us, what was kind of the roots of the mission? Sure. And I think even just this exercise with us uh, this week yeah. has been really helpful because we have those ideas, but but being able to talk about them really specifically yeah. has been really helpful. And I think um, I'm a visual learner, your words, um, but one of the things that uh, the images that I think comes up most for for us is that idea of a shepherd. We want to be able to walk alongside uh, our kids, regardless of their ages, and um, and be someone that they can ask questions to, but also that we can redirect and, and help them see things from a different perspective. Um, and and so I, I love that that picture of, of shepherding. Um, and a, a second an image is is that of rock. And, and I think um, when, when Jesus was talking to Peter and he called him, hey, Peter, um, you are a rock and I'm going to build my church on you and the gates of hell will not prevail. That came after Peter said, I know that you are the Messiah. You are the son of the living God. And, and so because he knew God's truth, he knew the truth of scripture. Jesus said, that's what it is to be a rock. And, um, and so we want to be really solid in what God's truth is um, right, from, right from the Bible. 
And a third image um, comes up out of that, the gates of hell will not prevail. Um, we need to be a, a protector for our kids, especially especially in this day and age, um, but uh, and a, a warrior. I know that that isn't always uh, seen as a, a great term, but I really do see ourselves. I think we have to see ourselves as a warrior for our kids and for God's word. Um, and, and the great news is, is that when we have that truth and we stand, that we can prevail against against an enemy's agenda, about against culture's agenda for our kids, um, and it is our responsibility. But it is also we have been given the authority by God to do that, and and so what I think knowing who we want to be as parents. Yeah helps us define what we're looking for for our kids. And so I think we want them to be the same thing. We are image bearers of God and we are trying to create image bearers that, that reflect who God is as well. And we want them to be shepherds. Can they speak good and encouraging, life-giving words into people around them? Can they um, stand true to God's, to God's word? And, and are they willing to be able to stand up and be counted and uh, when it comes to defending God's word and defending uh, and uh, defending people um, to be able to, uh, to know Jesus. And so there is an agenda against our kids. Yeah. And so let's, let's teach them how, how to be able to deal with that. I think that's what we forget sometimes. We often feel like we're victims of so many things, but that as parents, we have spiritual authority in our home and the authority to give protection and the covering. We are the covering for what God can do in our families. And so, uh, you know, one of the things we encourage is, you know, for all of us, do you have a vision, whether you're single or married, what's your vision? You know, when you have to kind of regroup, but little kids, the vision is a little different as they get teenagers. Then you have to have, what's our vision for empty nest? What's our vision for retirement? What's our vision together? Um, for being able to parent our adult kids, because that can be, uh, that's a whole unique adventure uh, and challenge. And so today I wanna talk about just three things that I think are important in just that mission, vision for our family, three things that make it up, our identity, who are we? What's the real identity? And identity is a big word in our culture today. Our values out of who we really are meant to be what are the values, things that are important? And then the actions, what are the things that support those values? Because you can have a lot of values, but if you don't have the actions that back them up, people go, that doesn't mean anything. So the first thing is just our identity and that part of being a parent, are we clear and joined together in what's the identity that we want? And Proverbs 3 verse one says, my son, don't forget my teaching but let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you, but bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart so you will find favor and good success in the sight of the Lord. And, and what Solomon is really talking about is something more than just knowing. It's not like, oh, I should just know God's work, but he's like, write them on the tablet of your heart, bind them like they become part of you. And so that's your identity. And then he goes out of that in verse five, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding and all your ways submit and he will make your path straight. Well, that trusting in the Lord, it's, it's not in a vacuum, it comes out of 
identity. And so I think that's the thing in our culture, it's, there's so many different challenges of who are you and what are we? And I, I think that's what's complicated as opposed to at least saying, hey, here are some things that the Bible always says is true about you are created by him. You are made in the image of God. When you look at yourself, you're not a mistake. You're not weak. You, no matter what God is, you're made in the image of God. You reflect him. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Before you were even born, when you were in your mom's tummy, like God knew you and he was forming and creating you. And, and so helping people understand they're not a mistake. They're not try, They're not just here by accident, but God specifically created you in his wonderful, creative, brilliant image. And then secondly, that we want our kids to know Christ. And so that what is our identity in Christ? That salvation changes us. Salvation changes us from death to life. We are now sons and daughters of the Most High. I like you that. want your kids, your I sons and daughters uh, of the Most High. Yeah. That, uh, you know, as, as the Father said to Jesus, you're my son, you're my child, and you I'm well pleased that we are brand new creations. We are seated in the heavenlies. We have spiritual kind of authority. We have access to every spiritual blessing. Like to say to your kids, you have yeah. every spiritual blessing. And so sometimes I think we think of salvation as, oh, a ticket to heaven. Like, oh, I get it punched and I'm okay and I can go on. But salvation is more than that. It's a new identity and a new identity to be able to walk in and experience and and help people understand that. And and so the way often that identity gets expressed is through words. And I know you've really helped our family just understand the, the importance and power of words. Yeah, I And speaking I, that identity. Yeah, and I think, you know, when, when our kids were young, um, one of them really uh, ha- had a default emotion of anger. And regardless of whether it was, you know, hurt or sad or whatever, it, it, it came out as anger. And, and I think one of the most important things, I used to get really frustrated with that. We did, and we didn't know what to do with it. And when we started to call it out and say, listen, that is not who you are. God has not made you to be angry. So let's, let's look at, God has called you to be gentle. God has called you to be patient. He's called you to have joy. And so when we started to be able to, to just not point out the, the, the bad as much as we were calling out the good. Right. And, and there's a, a verse. It's not that you don't point out the bad. You have to yes. do that, but backfill it with, here's what you could be. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. R- raise, raise the bar. Help them to see where, where they can go and call it out in them. And um, you've done that for me too. It helps. Um, but I think Romans 4, 17, it talks about, uh, it actually, it says, as it is written, I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of the God in whom Abraham believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not yet exist. And what I love about that is really, Paul is talking about the fact that Abraham believed in the God who called the dead back to life and the and what doesn't exist into existence. And so things that don't exist in our kids yet, 
we want to call that out in them because we have a God that is able to bring that into existence in them. Um, and another thing I think when we talk about those verses, especially for um, adult adult children, there's there's lots of hurts that happen along the way and, and situations that, that make it difficult. And sometimes there's um, just... Uh, hard things in our relationships between adults and uh, kids and parents. And sometimes those relationships feel like they're dead um, or certainly hurting. And But God, God can heal those and God can bring something good out of, uh, out of something that doesn't exist yet. So don't lose heart yeah. because I, I think we have to we have to remember that that that's who our God is. Because I think we know there are some people, some of you are watching who I, your relationship with parents or children it's non-existent. It's very estranged, uh, but God can work in His time. We've seen that happen. That God brings that brings that out, and you know Proverbs speaks to that so powerfully in in. Um, Proverbs 18, 21, it says, the tongue has the power of life and death and those who love it will eat its fruit. So, so people who know the power of the tongue, there's fruitfulness, but it has life and death. And you've been so good at just, whenever we would be tempted to say, oh, I'm no good or I can't do that or I'm a failure or I'm a loser or nobody loves me. Like you would say, no, you can't say those things, you know? you know, break those off in those, but speak life, what can happen? Because those are, we have blessings and curses, right? We can speak life, which are blessings, and we can speak curses, which are things that cut people down. And and when we recognize that, our kids are, are being inundated with things that tell yeah. them who they are and, and that are lies and that are actually cursing them. And so we can speak into that. As parents, again, we have the authority, uh, whether they're adult children or, or younger. And we can say, it's really simple. No, we renounce those words and we break that off in the name of Jesus and by the blood of the Lamb. Because that, we just need to end it. And you know what? You may not be able to do that just once. You're gonna have to do that again and again and again. It may be a number of times in a day. It may be a number of times, it may be just every day remembering to do that simple thing. I break off those lies, those curses that people are trying to speak into my life. And instead, I'm gonna bless. And we can declare things over our kids, right? And the best way to do that is to use scripture. Just use the scripture because God, they're God's words. You can't go wrong when you're praying them back. Um, so I just think, you know, when, when we pray over girls, we, we, we say to them, no, you have words of life. You will not speak anything that is not of God. And you are careful. You are, you are going to bring life to people. And those are declarations that come from our Proverbs. They come from scripture, but they're easy to re-say. And I think that's people are people sometimes grow up in homes and are like, oh, my parents were always frustrated. I always did that. I was the bad, whatever. Yeah. But to know, okay, my parents are the ones who blessed me yeah. and just gave a, a blessing. So our identity. So do you know as a mission who who you are, what you want to shape your children, who they want to become? Do you know in your retirement, in your in your single, I get who are you? that it's out of then our identity. Okay, we are children of God. We are sons and daughters of God, who we are. It's uh, then what's the values? Yeah. 
So what's really important. And so I think oftentimes we're not as intentional about our values as we just kind of let them happen. And what we value is really what we put time, care, attention, talents, money, resources to. And so what is it that you value? If you're a child of God and this is it, what do we really value? So some of the things that we we valued were really just uh, humility, right? And uh, in a family that this is who Jesus humbled himself. This is who we are. We're gonna, which means that we're gonna say we're sorry, <laughs> like, yes. which is two of the hardest words. I'm sorry <laughs> is two of the hardest words sometimes to get people to say. And so we had to be very good at saying that to each other or very good to say that to the kid when, when we, you know, got a little heated or hot or what, whatever, or, you know, disappointed or let them down. Are we doing that? but let them, and we, you know, really had to work it. Like we want to create an environment where we apologize, where that there's humility so that God can work uh, in us. Uh, another thing that we really wanted uh, to train people is just that who we are matters, that our identity does matter. And our identity as a family matter. And that, you know, we would talk like our, the, name Sanderson has a reputation. It's a name. Proverbs talks about valuing your reputation. You know, in Proverbs 21, 22, one, a good name is to be chosen rather than great riches and favor is better than silver or gold. A good name, a reputation. And so that's what we said. We have a reputation and we was, you know, and it's like, it's a, a big dip, but we're Sanderson's and this is who we are. This is our um, identity, and this is what we value in our reputation. Our name is so important, and um, sometimes the, the girls will be whining or complaining. We don't have this, and we don't, and we can't do it. Why are we in the van? And why are we doing this? And and we would go, hey, we are not the Wan Wan Wandersons. We're the Sanderson. Like we mean so. This is who we uh, really are, and what it is that we want uh, to do. And then that means also we. Where reputation is Christians, right? That we take the name of Christian. And so we want God to be honored. And so how we live, it reflects to others who God is. And so serving God and honoring him. And I think it was, we asked the girls this week, like what, what were the values in our home that you thought? And that was the one I said, oh, serving God, like honoring. And so we would serve him together. And I know it's a pastor's family and they have to. We made sure that kids didn't feel they had to do anything that they wanted, but they were part. There's expectations and values. Um, but honoring God, if you don't serve God, if, if you're not honoring him in your everyday life, then that's not a value. And so we can't be <laughs> disappointed when the next generation doesn't value that because we have to show that it values. I, I know another value we had was just that our our household is guided by the Word of God. Yeah, yeah. And, and so we had to find ways, because it's not always easy um, to to figure out ways to engage our kids with, uh, with the Scripture. But when they were younger, I think one of the best things was that, uh, you know, we we were able to just read read Bible stories to yeah. them. And so, and and as adults, be able to talk about uh, about what they're learning. So those uh, those were things that we wanted to make sure were in our conversations um, on a daily on a daily basis. Um, and we also we valued honesty. We have um, 
We have a daughter, one of our daughters is really, really good at calling out hypocrisy. So you gotta be on your game. Uh, she is our iron sharpening iron girl. Um, and, but we love, we love that about her because we wanna be full of integrity and honesty. And Proverbs 12, 17 says an honest witness tells the truth and a false witness tells lies. So we wanna be an honest witness that, that what, we are, what we are telling them to do, we are living out and they see that. Um, uh, another value that we had is open communication. Um, and because there are lots of emotions that, that run in a family, regardless of our ages. And, and how, how, do we, how do we deal with that? We can't just put it under the carpet. We really do have to be able to, to focus on that. And God wants us to do that. Um, so and Sometimes they are, children are dealing with, I would say, more adult emotions and situations yeah. that adulthood gets pressed down. Yeah. And don't always have the vocabulary to discuss it. Yeah, yeah. And so like, you know, if, if it's anger, it's not, that may be what is showing, but that's not really the true emotion behind it. And trying to help our kids be able to identify what that emotion is. And you had. You, yeah, and we don't want, we don't want to create an environment where people could just hide their emotions or I don't want to talk or I'm not good. No, we're, we want to talk about it. We're going to talk about our emotions. And so we had a, 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 a talk to a counselor friend who was like, I don't know what to do about this because our kids are feeling something and I can't get to it. And, and so the, he like gave me a, a sheet that just had like 250 emotions on it or something and different aspects. Yeah. So um, we would put that, sometimes we just put that on the dinner table and it's like, okay, what is each of you feeling? And we would yeah. do that. And it would be different nuances of, you know, what is anger? Well, I'm feeling rejected today or I'm feeling frustrated today or I'm blocked with something today. And so yeah. being able to talk about that yeah. was really good. It was helpful for you and I too. Yeah, it probably helped us. <laughs> oh, I didn't know you were feeling that. <laughs> and it's just sometimes just simple exercises to yeah. get people talking. And that's what, okay, we can hide. And it's very, very easy for me to just kind of hide and go inside, um, but to really be able to share. And I think that was the other value of being a team together. Yeah which is, is what makes having a vision kind of hard sometimes if you're co-parenting with somebody else or your family is separated or you're, you're alone, like to always be on the same page and that our children knew we were a team and they couldn't split us apart. Yeah. And it, if they hurt you, <laughs> yeah. like, then uh, they hurt me, right. right? And or if they did something to you, it's like, wait a minute, you can't do that to my wife. Yes. That's my wife. Maybe you're a mom, but that's my wife, and yeah. no one can treat my wife. Can like I tell that. you, I really appreciated those moments. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you should know that you are married to the worst father in the history of all fathers. I've been called that. I think I got that award numerous times in, in my life. You know, so you have to kind of take it. And I think that's what you say: as iron sharpens iron, yes. so we sharpen. So we sharpen each other. Um, and I hope if you haven't figured it out by now that you know that you can't parent kids till you really know how to parent yourself. Yeah. And uh, but being able and our kids will yeah. sharpen us as well. They definitely do. So it's out of our action, our, you know, our identity, our values, mm -hmm. and then it's our actions. Like what comes out? Because if I were to say to you, "Oh, I'm a Maple Leafs fan, but I don't know the team member's name. I don't." know their schedule, I never go to game, I never watch it, I don't wear a jersey, you go, yeah, you're really not. Yeah. 
So what are the things? What are the actions? And uh, Proverbs 27, 17 says, train up a child in the way he should go, and even when he is old, he will not depart from it. And so we focus sometimes on the when is old, not depart. And, uh, you know, these are not guarantees. These are, you know, Proverbs are, this is generally how it works. Uh, and we forget the first part about training. And I think sometimes we just expect kids are going to do something. Or, or, well, they should know to do that. Or we do that. Um, and I remember sometimes being a little frustrated that we go to people's homes and, and our kids just didn't know how to act in somebody else's home. <laughs> and someone like said, well, have you trained them? Like, do, have you set expectations? I'm like, no, they should just know. <laughs> and um, so that was really, it's like, oh, we're going to someone's house. Here's what's going to happen. Here's what we expect you to do. We're going to talk about it at the end. We're going to help you. If you don't know what to do, ask and train. And it made like such a difference. And so I think in the same thing, there's so many other things uh, that we have to train. And that was like just one, you know, respect for other people to train people to be respectful. Like Proverbs 31, verse 25, the woman is strength and dignity are her clothing. She lasts at the time to come and she opens her mouth with wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She's respectful of people. And, and so because of our identity, who we are in Christ and our value, we wanted people to, to respect uh, one another and training that and talking about that. And it's like, when you order at a restaurant, you look someone in the eye. When you meet someone new, you shake their hand and you look at them in their face. Um, something else was just to be grateful. You, you would think in our country, people wouldn't actually be grateful. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's, you have to train. People are not naturally thankful and um, I remember we were so frustrated. I found this thing on online. It said three ways to fail at everything in life. Uh, you know, never be grateful, blame everybody else, and complain about everything. So when everybody, you know, at the dinner table was complaining, it's like we'd show them, you know, this form. I, I think we may have a, a picture of it that's there, and this was the exact one that hung on our fridge. It, we packed it up to move, and I can't find where we packed it. But it's there, you know. If you want to fail at everything, never be grateful, never say thank you, complain about everything, and always blame others. And it hung on the fridge, and every time I went to the fridge, there it was. Yeah, well, and so it was really, it was good for me. Well, it wasn't for you, it was for all of us. <laughs> I know it was, but yeah. it was helpful yeah. for me. Um, and then I think one of the things to train, I think, is discernment. Yeah. And actually, you were really good at how do we teach people to be discerning? And what do we discern? And, and again, Proverbs says, the wise in heart are called discerning and gracious words promote instruction. In Proverbs 17, 27, a discerning person keeps wisdom in view. So to be able to discern, what is God doing? And I know sometimes, <laughs> and it was out of frustration, but, but sometimes you'd send one of the girls to their room and just say, you need to talk to God about that. Ask, what is God saying? What does God say? Or, you know, talking about something, what is God doing? Or, um, you know, as we're trying to move and discern together, we talk about how do we see God? Where is God working? Yeah. And, and what is God uh, doing? And, and then, uh, obviously, there are other things like how do, if the Word of God is of value, then how do, what are the actions to make that 
right. true. Right. And you know, Proverbs 35 and 6 says, Every word of God proves true. He is a shield to those who take refuge in Him. Do not add to His words, lest He rebuke you and you be found a liar. And I think, what a great verse, because it really does speak to why we need our kids mm -hmm. to study the Bible. Because there are going to be people that are going to change those words a bit. And, and give it a different meaning. And, um, and they need to be able to recognize when people are speaking truth um, and, 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 when they, and when they're not about God's word. Um, so one of the things, uh, just practically speaking, I think when, when the kids were younger, um, we just read a lot of Bible stories. And uh, that was that was a, a good way, an easy way to connect um, and and accomplish a lot together. Um, and the one thing I found really interesting is that um, even as they got older, and we started to do, uh, I have a favorite when your Bible kids version um, that that we would do together. Um, and what I would find is that I would have that that little bit of time in the morning with with one of them, and then um, after they went off to school, I'd quick go and and look it up in in my Bible just because it captivated me so much. And there were things that came out that I hadn't noticed, um, you know, other times that I had read it. So so that is 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 really fun. And I think it, it helps us as parents gain confidence um, in in knowing our scripture uh, when we read when we read those kids stories. And interesting, um, I had a friend, a uh, teacher friend, who was uh, just young and she had just she had just become a Christian. She was brilliant. She had she was teacher of the year and but what was fascinating for me is that uh, she had a hard time understanding scripture. And so what she did is she bought kids Bibles and 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 storybooks so that she could read and understand and grow with that. And I think I, I know I've grown from 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 that process with our kids, um, and then as they've gotten older, I think it has become more discussion, and uh, and so when when we're talking about stuff, that that becomes a it becomes part of our conversation in our house. What what have you been learning, or what what did you what did you read about today, and. Um, and so for our, as adult children, I still do that with my mom. My mom says, this is what I'm learning. And, and let's think about this. And so I, I think th there's just growth for that all the way through um, our, our relationships. Um, and, and also recognizing that all the kids are not the same. So we have one that's very disciplined and scheduled, and she is so good about doing daily devotions every morning before she, before she starts her day. Um, but we have, uh, there are other personalities that do better at, at having a Bible study where they're accountable. Sitting on um, the counter that. talking about. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. And, and then, um, and some, I, one of them is really interested in history and, and in little details like, you know, what do the Hebrew numbers mean? How does that affect the story? What do the names mean? And so those are little pieces when we can figure out what our kids are really interested in, it helps us to talk about. Bible stuff with them. Um, but I think uh, on top of that, we, the prayer part it was, has been a really important piece. And again, I just want to say we are, we are not always as consistent as... Oh yeah, we're not those people that have we wish, you know, two we wish hour we devotions, are. family night. That's not, we've never been that right. consistent. We're not. 
but I think we're consistent about talking about it at home. Yeah. And, and so uh, the same with prayer, uh, you know, Proverbs 15, 29 says, the Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayer of the righteous. And so just modeling that, there's lots of times, how do you even know how to pray? There, there are moments that I, I have to really look uh, and, and listen to how, to how people are praying for me and go, okay, you know what? I need to remember that. And so we need to do that for our kids too and help train them to know what kind of words to use, how to use, read the scripture and read it back to God as, as a prayer. Um, the, the other one is Proverbs 16.1 says, we can gather our thoughts, but the Lord gives the right answers. And I think you and I, uh, you know, as we were making some of these uh, big decisions to move, have really had to look at that. We had lots of information, but we didn't have the answer. And we, and, and we needed to be able to do that with our kids. Right, inviting them into it. Like, let's pray together. Like, yeah. you have a stake in this too. So we want to listen and hear from God uh, together. And so I, I, I think that's why actually small groups and life groups are so important because people can learn how to pray better, can learn how to connect. How do I do that? How am I going to lead my kid? Because there are times as parents, I mean, there was sometimes we had nothing but prayer. Yeah. And <laughs> there was like, I think a scene from The Exorcist happening in a bedroom. Um, I, and we just didn't know how to handle what was happening. Like, God, what just happened? And we were like, okay, we were on our knees, flat on our face in the kitchen. We're like, we, we can't even talk of discipline. We can just pray. and. It was incredible how God kind of brought peace into like a crazy situation. Yeah. And so learning to pray, yeah. e even together to be able to and, do that. And you know, even like when we're praying with anyone, but, but praying with our kids to be able to model to them, listen, you don't have to have the answers. Yeah. You, like that's the whole point. You're praying, you're talking to God and asking him for answers. And how exciting it is when you actually get to get to see those answers come to you. Yeah. So in a conversation, if, if they're struggling with something at school or if they're struggling with something with you, right? Like we can sit down and go, okay, we don't have the answers for this, but let's ask the Holy Spirit as we talk about this to just give us strategies mm -hmm. and, and to give us some ideas about, about what's the next step. And sometimes we would do that like around communion, right? Yeah. To be able to just the focus of Jesus around communion. And, you know, again, 10 minutes at the end of the day, maybe and just before bedtime, just around, okay, Jesus died. He's the reason, he's the answer to prayer. He's the fulfillment of, uh, of all our promises and him are the yes and, and yeah. amen. And that was really powerful. It was, and, and I think it was good. Like, I mean, I think, okay, so it does seem a little weird. Um, I, for some of you, I know you're going, okay, well, he's a pastor. Of course you can do that at home. But the reality is it is really, really life-giving and, and good for our kids to see that you are the spiritual leader in their, in their home. Um, and, and so sometimes we had to use Kool-Aid. So uh, you don't always have, you don't always have juice, but it, it's it still, it works and it's powerful. Yeah. And I think because we also use those opportunities to pray healing over yeah, our kids. Yeah, when somebody's going for surgery or having something, yeah, we'd be able to do that. Because there are emotional hurts that mm. our kids experience. They can experience them as young ones, and we don't know. It may be something that someone said to them at school, but it may be something that we've something that we've done. And some of those things still happen. You know, they still remember those things once they're a lot older. And so these are moments when we can pray healing into into them yeah. and and over them.
powerful to see. Well, we have, we've talked about a few resources. We may post those uh, next week on our social media page, um, uh, Calvary, our Bayview social media page to be able to do that. But thank you for joining. I, I, I hope this complicated, it's complicated series has been helpful for you. And, and I guess I would say here are things, what is, without a vision, people, families crumble. So what is God's vision? Whether, you, you know, you're a teen, what's God's vision for your life? Whether you are just starting school, whether you are having a family, single, retired, um, looking at the last years of our life, what is the vision you know, who has God called you to be? What are his values in our life? And what are the actions to be able to back that up? Would you pray for us? Sure. Well, Father, we thank you so much that, that we can be here together. And Lord, that we can be iron sharpening iron for each of us uh, as, as we do life together. Um, Lord, we wanna pray for our families right now, for our kids. Lord, that you would protect them. Lord, we, we come against an enemy that, that wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And, but Jesus has said we give, that he has come to give us full life. And so Lord, we pray for full life for our families, full life for our kids. We break off um, those, uh, those lies that have been told to them in the name of Jesus. We break off hurtful things that have been spoken over them. We break them off in the name of Jesus. And we break them off of you as parents. Um, Lord, we ask that you would infuse us with your identity, that we would remember that we are forgiven, that we are redeemed, that you have called us by name, that you have given us a purpose and that you have called us to something greater, that you have called us to be protectors, not only of our children and of our families and of our communities, but you have called us to be protectors of our society. And so Lord, would you give us this, this great, um, Motivation, Lord, would you give it to us that we would be able to be shepherds that can stand on the rock of your truth and that can move forward as a warrior ready to protect um, all that is uh, of you, Lord. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.